Thank you so much for being here, friends. Do you ever feel like you're waiting on a permission slip to live the life you want? If you answered yes, then you're in the right place. Each week, I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. So welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan. I help midlife women navigate the seasons of their life and stop waiting for permission to live the life they want. Before I introduce my guest today, I wanted to let you know I am planning a workshop in December called Your Next Season Reimagined. Go out to my website, CynthiaMacMillan.com, and sign up for my newsletter, Exploring Soul. Be the first to know when it's announced. I am so excited and delighted to introduce my guest today. Heather Burnett is a 46-year-old mom, friend, health coach, and coffee enthusiast who happens to be the author of Rebel Keto and the founder of the Word to Your Mother blog. Heather, thank you so much for being with me today. Cindy, it's my it's my honor and pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. I we were chatting a little bit before I hit record, so I know today is going to be so helpful and so deep for our listeners. So I'm just ready to dig in with you. But I do want to start off with my favorite question. And that is, what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Oh, wow. Okay. It means that we all go through changes. We go through changes in, in life as far as relationships, um, as far as the way we feel about our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to others, our relationship with, since I'm a health coach, food. And it means understanding why we do the things we do, who we are, how we can navigate through those changes, create a life that we want for ourselves. You can see why that's my favorite question. And everybody has a different nuanced answer, but the big theme around that is change. I'm really interested in your journey. So what led you to becoming a health coach? Well, I have to start with what led me to start a website, which is Word to Your Mother blog. The impetus for all of that was my son Nathan's autism diagnosis. I I had my first job at 15. I've worked my whole life, and um, I identified a lot of self-worth with my job, being able to support myself. And then when I became pregnant with my second child, I had to go on bed rest and could not work anymore. Uh, the news that my third child was on the way, which was a surprise. So then it was like, okay, you're not going to reenter the job world anytime soon now. And then when he got to be around two, three, we noticed some changes in him and he was diagnosed with autism. And then it became abundantly clear. There's not going to be any more nine to five working, you know, anymore because that his autism diagnosis came with a lot of responsibilities and a lot of um, doctor's appointments, therapy appointments, lots of back and forth. Being someone who enjoys working and enjoys helping and always enjoyed writing, I discovered that I could 
funnel my energy and my need for that into a website and do it online. And so that's what I did. And I could take care of my children at the same time. So I could the best of both worlds type of thing. Oh, absolutely. My my journey to create Word to Your Mother blog um, and my research and trying to make it better and myself better, I discovered the world of health coaching. And I, I decided, you know what, if I'm going to write about, you know, different things, I want to be qualified to do that. And it's sort of one of those things that women struggle with, like, I want to I want to validate myself. I want to validate my with as much education as much knowledge so I can pass it along to others. So I went and, and I became a health coach so that I could pass that on uh, to my readers. That led me into um, discovering a whole nother world of healthy eating. And hey, I was on, already on my own journey there. That led me to writing my book. I think that answers your question. Oh, absolutely. I hope it does. I, it does, and I'm and I'm sitting here. Which way do I want to go with this? I know, <laughs> but because I, I want to talk about recipes and and your blog a little bit later, but right now you became a health coach. Now the podcast, the whole episode is not going to be about weight loss. It's really about your journey. But I think that weight loss is such a huge piece of that. It is. Can you talk about that and, and how much you lost and, and what started that with your healthy eating? I gained weight, lost weight with all three of my pregnancies. And the first time I did it with my daughter, Savannah, she's 21 now, it was 100 pounds. And I did it the unhealthy way. And that was back in 2000. Again, with my second child and then my third child. So Overall, though, this last time, this time I've done it the healthy way and kept it off after age 35, which is statistically significant in that people say that's impossible to do. I did it slowly but surely. I've lost a total of over 150 pounds at last count, the healthy way and kept it off. And I did it slowly and gradually, whereas back in 2000, I did it way too fast and it was too much of a shock to my system. This time I did it with a healthy mindset and a we're in this for the long haul. We want to have healthy lipid profiles. We want to have healthy blood pressure. We do not want to lose weight too fast. I had to learn a lot about myself and my self-sabotaging behaviors as well as the right foods to eat because I think that's where a lot of women and men for today's case, let's talk about women. We think it's just about diet. It's only about the food we put in. We have to think, no, it's why we eat the food we do. So there's a lot of introspection that goes into it as well. It's not just a, let me write out the food list of a no and a yes. There's a lot more to it than that. Oh, Heather, I am so happy that you said that because I know for even for myself, I had that same thought. It was just what I was putting on my food list to eat and where I might lose a few pounds here and there, it na- never stayed off because of those self-sabotaging behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if you would like to talk about that a little bit. We all do it in different ways. We'll look at ourselves and instead of saying in the mirror, say if you're walking past a mirror or you're trying on clothes or a bathing suit, that's that's a whole. We look in the mirror and we're like, ugh. I don't like this, this, and this. Instead of starting with, I do like this, this, and this. And I am grateful for my arms. That was one of my things at the beginning is I, I, don't, my, I don't like the way my arms look when I shake the salt or pepper. 
So I'm going to wear long sleeves for the rest of my life. Instead of saying, you know, I like my arms because they help me hug my children. I like my arms because I can lift other people up. I can have one hand to help myself and one hand to help someone else. I had to reframe the way I thought about myself, my body, and then food. And that is something that takes patience and determination. And like I said, just a few minutes ago, introspection to know, you know, why, why am I doing this? Do I want to lose weight because I want to fit into this size or this number? Or do I want to do it because I have, I want to be healthy. I want to be there for my family and my children. And because I love myself as a, as, as an adventure and a journey of self-love instead of a got to get to goal for A, B, C, or D. Yeah, I think I think a, a lot of women just beat themselves up over and over and over. And that is, that is not the way to have a transformation of any kind. Absolutely not. And we, we do that because of a lot of things. One, of, one thing that is one of it, the comparison it, and, and it's more prevalent now more than ever because of things like social media. So we look at like the best snapshots of someone's life and the best. The, I don't even get me started on editing and software where people can make themselves look completely perfect, because then we think, oh, gosh, that's an unattainable standard I'm holding myself to. Like, yeah, this person is airbrushed. They don't really even look like that. And I think I should look that way. And it gets in your head. And so then you're like, well, how come I don't have that? I don't look like that when I do this. And then it begins and it's the vicious cycle. And you have to learn how you have to first identify, hey, I do that. Then ask yourself, why do I do that? And then, okay, let's stop that. But let's figure out how to how to make that stop happening. Because it's not healthy. And it's not a healthy mindset to pass along to your children, especially your daughters, if you have, if you have daughters or granddaughters. Yeah, and I, our friends. Absolutely, and I think the way we conduct ourselves as women, we're absolutely modeling what it is to, you know, love ourselves, what it is to love our bodies, or in our relationships, whatever it may be. We're always modeling to people because yes. we don't know who's watching us. Right. Absolutely. So that and and that's true for other women, and it's true for. Yeah, for for the men in your life too. Yeah, it's a self-respect thing in a lot of ways. So Heather, on your website, you say, I love good food and helping others. It's a Southern thing. I am just right there with you because I love good food. Like my daughter's here visiting. You know, we've been going out to eat and enjoying good food. And Right now, I've got a Mediterranean sweet potato going because I also want to be healthy. And so my, my lunch today is, is to, I'm going to say, kind of balance out all the fun we had yesterday and be a little healthier today. That's, well, I think you just answered that. That's it. That you hit the nail on the head right there. It's about balance because... Good food is good food and good tasting is good food and healthy for you food is good food. Um, if you go out and you have a meal and you're enjoying time with your daughter, or you're enjoying family at Thanksgiving, there are a lot of indulgences that come with that. 
strike a balance. Don't beat yourself up because you enjoyed a piece of chocolate pie or cornbread dressing that wasn't specially made to be quote unquote healthy. Balance it out the next day by eating a healthy amount of vegetables and fruits and hydrating. Um, It is all about striking a balance between the two worlds because those life is too short to just be restrict yourself to the point of, Oh, I feel so deprived. I'm going to go eat a gallon of ice cream because I was so good or bad. So, I mean, I, I really would like to see good foods, bad foods sort of kind of be, you know, that, not, that be a thing of the past and instead focus more on balance. The nutrition aspect of food, because it, The food food is supposed to be your medicine. So you have to look at it from that standpoint of you're nourishing your body with food. That is what its job is. And then the rest of it is extra. In the South, we tend to, and I think this is true probably for other parts of the country, but I can speak for the South because I'm born in Memphis, Tennessee, Mississippi girl. Yeah, we celebrate with food. We mourn with food. Everything has is food centered. And a lot of times that is food that is not so healthy for us. We've never had a Brussels sprouts birthday cake. I bet you haven't. (laughs) I know I haven't never seen that before. Yeah. So but but yeah, but so but we do that. And then we're like, oh, I feel awful. But then it's like, "Mm." Uh, and then and then we turn then it goes into that self-sabotage thing where I, I was I was I was bad. And then we don't bounce back and you can bounce back with balance by reframing the way you think about it and say, okay, wait a second. My body needs this to have energy, you know, and it's okay that I did that because I'm doing this today. That helped me a lot because yeah, food is a thing. I mean, it's a big deal in the South and everywhere, but particularly in, in the region where I grew up. You know, I just love that you're talking about balance, because I wasn't even thinking about that when I when I was talking earlier, but that's exactly what it is. You know, I think sometimes, when, like you said, when people restrict themselves for weeks on end, and then they get to the point where they've got to have that key lime pie, that ice cream, whatever it is. So balance is the good word. Yes, it, it, that's what it's about. I mean, I... I, I I did that, and it was a, it was a form of self sabotage. It's over restriction, and you feel like okay, I went too far in with the restriction, and then I would it would it was like I was overdoing Monday through Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday it was like okay, these are cheat days. I don't like that, and I talk about that in my book, Rebel Keto. I I don't like that mentality because it's unhealthy for us. Um, but I was, I, I had to go through it to be able to talk about it because I, I was, I was guilty of that. Well, let's go ahead and go there right now. Let's talk about your book, Rebel Keto. Love the name of it, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it's, it's the, it's a form of the keto diet. It's a, it, it is a low carb diet. I really don't like the word diet either, but that's what it is. That does not require you to do math at every meal and overanalyze those numbers because I don't like that. I don't think that's healthy for anyone to have to stress over a number on a scale or, the nutritional labels on food. Now, I can tell you all about how to do that, but it might drive you a little nutty if you if you over you have to kind of change the way you look at food first. It's a healthy way, the way I lost weight and kept it off, and it's a healthy way to do it, healthy for your mind, healthy for your body, healthy for your spirit. 
it's rebel keto because it is low carb diets are healthy. They're good for you and they're universally healthy. But this is, it's, it's kind of the rebel version because it's not, this is what you eat. This is what you don't eat. It addresses all the other aspects of food too, that just, if you're just going by a strict diet book, you won't get that. And you do get that with, with mine, because I feel like if I'm going to go all in on something, I'm going to talk about everything that under the sun that you need to know. And this book is definitely all inclusive as far as that is concerned. So when you're talking about, you know, body, mind and, and spirits, I love that it is encompassing the holistic being of who we are. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's something I learned in becoming a health coach that it, it's all connected. So I'm so thankful for that experience because if it hadn't been for that, I would not have made the connection. The holistic portion of it is major because it, it, is, it is all connected. In your book, do you have like chapters for you know body, mind, and spirit, or is it just kind of all flowing through there? And could you talk about maybe four or five tips for women who are looking to start eating healthy. Not, I'm not going to say diet, eating healthy. Yes, absolutely. Um, well, yes, I do. I actually bring in a lot of fun elements um, in my book. I've, I talk about the 80s and some of the different sort of diet myths that we all were brought up with. Uh, me for 46. Yeah. And you know, those are the those are the reasons why our country is in a healthcare crisis. That's why we have more sick people than ever. And there's type two diabetes is more prevalent. Uh, I'd go through that. And also I make it fun because we don't need another soul sucking diet book out there that's telling you do this, don't do that. Um, I discuss the steps you need to take. I also talk about self-sabotage. So I bring in the spirit there and like, like, you know, let's, let's talk about your relationship with food and your relationship to yourself. Give yourself grace. And um, also have uh, sections at the end of each chapter, uh, just the facts, ma'am, because a lot of us are skimmers because we have to be, because we are balancing a lot of things on our plate, not just food, but kids and carpool and jobs and, and family and everything. So there's a little bit of something for everyone. I do my very best, and I think I pulled it off to make it fun and entertaining so that it'll keep your interest and you'll and you'll continue with it. I know that people want to know, okay, but let's get to it, Heather. You lost 150 pounds. How'd you do it? What are your tips? So the first thing is... Uh, Know yourself, and we've already covered that a little bit, but you've got to know why you eat the things you do and what triggers your cravings and, you know, reframe the way you look at food. Like, no, am I emotional eating here? Am I self-sabotaging here? That's a big part of it. Also, uh, your trigger meals. Some people could do great, but then it, when it comes to 10 o'clock at night and it's dark and you're watching Netflix, you go for a bag of chocolate that maybe you have hidden in your closet. I'm guilty of that. I did that. I used to do that. I had to address that with myself. Know that, if, is that your thing? And why are you doing that? It's going to help you get to know yourself. Um, also, substitutions are great. You can crowd out the unhealthy food habits that you have and unhealthy foods that you're giving your body with healthier ones so that you your, your diet may be 50-50 right now. Let's look at making it 70-30 by crowding out. Let's add some more fruit. Let's add some more vegetables. Let's add a little bit more Brussels sprouts. I think I've, I'm overdoing the Brussels sprouts, aren't I, Cindy? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's add in some sweet potatoes instead of, you know, regular Idaho potatoes. Let's, let's do that. Let's make some substitutions that are healthy and easier instead of an abrupt 
nope, 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 you can't have that because that's going to put you on a it, back in that vicious cycle of, oh, no, I'm, de- I'm deprived and now I'm eating. I'm deprived and I'm eating. Water, water, water. That is one of my biggest tips. You should be going to the bathroom. so You should drink so much water that you're going to the bathroom so much it's annoying. Your body is over 70% water. So if you're not waking up in the morning and drinking a whole bottle of water, you're dehydrated when you wake up. You have Most of us have coffee, maybe two cups. You're even more dehydrated. That can trigger hunger. That can trigger cravings. So hydrate. Lots of water. Lots and lots of water. And I think I might have covered five here, but forgive yourself if you fall off the healthy eating wagon and get up and dust yourself off and get back on it the next day and move on. Don't beat yourself up for past mistakes or for maybe eating two or three Reese's or bags of Reese's. It happens. Give yourself grace. Don't beat yourself up. Move on. Do better the next day. That's a good one. It sounds simple, and I'm saying it like, oh, no big deal, but it it takes a minute for us to get into that habit because I think that women especially, we beat ourselves up a lot. Yeah, I agree with you, Heather, on that, but I just want to ask you real quick about water. Okay. How much water should we be drinking? You know, I, I hear the normal eight glasses of eight ounces, and then I've heard, is it one ounce for half your body weight? So what is the appropriate okay. amount? That gets, I do not get it, again, with the math. I don't get into that half ounce with the body weight thing. Eight, eight ounce glasses of water a day if you are not sweating, if you're not doing any heavy lifting, if you're not also drinking dehydrating beverages. Dehydrating beverages or dark colored colas, anything that's not water, coffee, that's actually taking away from that hydration. So for example, if you're drinking one cup of coffee, you need to drink two bottles of water. If you are working out and sweating, you need to add one to two bottles of water to that eight. So it depends on your activity level and the other things that you are taking in. And also you can do flavored water and you can do hydrating foods. There's fruits and vegetables that are nutrient dense and water dense that count towards your hydration. So it doesn't, because I know a lot of people are like "Eh, water, but it's that big of a deal. You've got to either make yourself learn to love it or infuse it with some fruit or a little bit of flavoring, but you've got to have that because you've got to have that for your brain function, for your body to function. So that hydration really is, it's simple, it's easy, it's, it's, it's very inexpensive, and it's that important. You know, as I'm listening to you talk, what I'm really hearing is it's common sense. Yeah. People need to use their common sense. If they're thirsty, drink water. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it really. It, it really, you don't need to wait till you get thirsty. You need, I, I think you've probably seen me grab my water bottle a couple of times, but I do. But I, I've, I've joked with friends and strangers. I need a t-shirt that says, my name is Heather and I need to use your restroom, please. But that's, <laughs> that's kind of how I introduce myself. But I, I always have to go to the bathroom. But it makes a difference in how you feel. It, it makes a difference in your skin and it makes a huge difference in your cravings and your you know, what you're going to eat because a lot of times it's triggered by being thirsty. And you it talk- is common sense, but we don't, a lot of times we overcomplicate things. And, and I'm guilty of that, of Me overcomplicating. Too. <laughs> yes. 
Me too. So do you have a favorite self-care ritual? If walking with my earbuds at volume, according to Apple, too high is counts, that's, that's probably my number one, is listening to music, because music really boosts my mood. Uh, also, bubble baths. That might be a little too cliche, but yes. So those two things are probably my absolute favorite. Uh, but that walk, sometimes when you're, and I know, speaking as a, uh, a mom who's on her own with a child with autism, that bubble bath, relaxing in the bubble bath is not always an option, but I can put my earbuds in and walk with my son and it's free. And like you said, music, you know, it boosts our spirits in, in the mornings. You know, I, I will not say that I do this every morning. It's my intention to do this every morning, but just to listen to some like, I, I'm going to say yoga music, spa music, you know, meditation music and sit quietly and I, that just kind of just like releases the stress for me just to sit quietly and listen to that music. Yes, it it really does help. It really helps you sort of it, it's sort of it's a form of meditation for me. Um, really, no matter what my playlist is, I can sort of kind of get lost in that music and it takes me away from a stressful situation or it can boost my energy level. I've noticed that. And um, I think that's true for a lot of people, which is why I'm proud that I included a playlist for Rebel Keto because I, I tied in the 80s music and that's something that people can get for free with and, and it helps. It, it, it makes it fun, sort of kind of brings some nostalgia in, but it it's one of my it's always been one of my favorite things is music. So I think it that's healthy and it can also help you get that motivation to exercise, too. If you've got the right beat going. So. It can calm you down. It can rev you up. It can, I think a life without music would be not a life well lived as far as I'm concerned. You know, when you're talking about your playlist and having fun, I'm going to ask you about your website a little bit um, later, but your website's great, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. Yes. Um, yeah. I want, I, it took me a while to, I wanted to come up with a great, good title and it's actually, yeah. Word to your mother blog is, yeah. See there again, music. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, but hey, that sums it up for me. But thank you. I appreciate that. So what is your number one Rebel Keto recommended product? If you if you were talking to me, to to the people listening to a stranger on the street and they said, what is the number one thing you recommend? I would have to say almond flour. It's one of it's like a, it's like a miracle ingredient for if you're if you're watching carbohydrates, you can make breads and cookies and things. It, it substitutes for a lot of that good old fashioned Southern food using blanched almond flour. And it was a game changer for me because it opened up the doors for so many opportunities for recipes that you could call, you know, copycat recipes that are low carb because of that. So that that that's it for me for sure. So that I wasn't expecting that, but but that's good to know. And another reason I say that, you know, is is almond flour again is is one of those things that a lot of people probably don't know about. But so I am glad you're bringing this up. I've never it, used almond flour. It you can make biscuits with it. You can make sausage balls with it. You can make pie crusts with it. It is a game changer. 
and it's healthy. And so, you know, people that have uh, type two diabetes definitely need to be using it. But if you're just trying to healthy up your diet, but you still need that flavorful food game changer, it's, it's that big of a deal now. And there's so many recipes that I use almond flour and in the book, you can't tell the difference. And I can't, and it's this food. It does not taste like the traditional, Oh gosh, tastes like diet food, tastes like flavored cardboard. No, this stuff is legit good. And it's like, it's like a magical ingredient. I, I can't, but if you had told me 10 years ago, I'd be singing the praises of almond flour. I would be like, you're crazy, but <laughs> it's no, I'd be like, no, oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. But no, it's really that good. It really makes that big of a difference. That is great to know. So thank you so much for telling us about almond flour, seriously, because <laughs> that, like I said, I have not cooked with that. And you're talking about these recipes and how they, they, you can't even tell us in it. Can we talk a little bit how you come up with your recipes? A lot of my inspiration just from you know, doing the stuff for my website and looking at trying things and then just adding. And um, I also got the Bell's Best cookbook and sort of created a challenge to myself. All right, how can I make these recipes healthy? Because that was the go-to in my house growing up was that Bell's Best cookbook. And I, I have it over there on the shelf, but it, it's the real thick, almost phone book size or old time phone book size. Of, it calls for a lot of unhealthy things that are convenient, but it's like, okay, let's, let's take this as a challenge. Let's see how we can he- healthy this up. And, you know, so you just take a little bit of this, a little bit of that and come up with stuff. I am not a natural born cooking enthusiast. Um, my, my mother, and I love her, mad respect to my mom, scrambled eggs in the microwave. Okay. We, you know, this was, we're not a from scratch family, but so this, it did not come naturally to me at all to, to, to do this, but I looked at it as a challenge. I'm like, okay, well, I can do that. Let's see. Let's see if I can make this happen. See if I can make it good enough for my children to eat without complaining. Let's let, you know, let's see. And I'll be darned if I didn't do it. And yeah, it helps my son too, because he's gluten free. And a lot of that comes from carbs. So it really honestly work couldn't work out couldn't have worked out any better. Uh, and he could be a picky eater. A lot of kids are. Mm-hmm. A lot of adults are too. So it's like, Oh, okay, I'm gonna look at this as a challenge instead of like, Oh, here we go again, let me get the pot out and do this and all of that. So I just sort of challenged myself to do it in, in a way that got no complaints and also sort of raised the bar to from no complaints to I'd like more of that to can you make this? And that's sort of how I gauged the success of, of you know, the things that I cooked. And my favorite thing I did, and you haven't asked me this, but was the the, the cauliflower shrimp, shrimp and grits with cauliflower rice. I I researched the recipe. I took a bunch of different original recipes that were not healthy and just played with it until I came up with something that my family actually asked for. They asked for the healthy version. And that's when I was like, oh, coming from someone without a cooking background who really didn't like to do it at all and didn't understand how that worked. The fact that I was able to pull that off is, is kind of a miracle, really. But Yeah, that that's was, when you know you've made it is when the yeah. kids start asking for the healthy version. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. 
So it was like, oh, okay, hey, this can be done. We just kind of have to put the work in. So but what, what was that, that called again? Cauliflower? That's the, cauliflower, uh, rice, shrimp, and grits. Um, or I think it's, it's, on my, it's on my blog. It's in the book, too. It's shrimp and grits with cauliflower rice. I believe it. And I think we, I think we came up with a fun name for it for the book, but it's good. And it's, it's cauliflower rice. It, it's delicious though. But a cauliflower rice is another game changer that probably comes in second to, to, to almond flour. My apologies to the cauliflower rice people. If they're, <laughs> <laughs> it's another game changer though. Are you mainly keto or just just plain healthy eating as we've been talking about do you adhere to a certain philosophy my philosophy now because i have i have gotten to i I really uh, let me let me state this and i I stopped weighing myself i stopped weighing myself altogether i threw the scale away I did not want to judge myself every day based on the pounds I had lost or what the number on the scale said. And I restricted it to only when I went to the doctor's office. And sometimes I would tell them, do not tell me. I don't want to be a number. But when I got to the size that I wanted to be at, I was like, okay, you can, if you want to eat a healthier carb and, and that's still not a whole lot of white rice, not a lot of white pasta, not a lot of sugar, but if you want to have, you know, some whole grain, you can do that. It's more of a healthy eating thing. I do not identify with just one diet. I would not, I, I, because it's too restrictive. I did too, because I had a long way to go. I mean, 150 pounds is a lot. I did it first, but then I sort of eased up on it. But I still watch myself and I make sure that I monitor how I feel after because I cut all the sugar out of my diet for a long, long time. Um, I still put a little bit in my coffee, but that can really affect your mood. It can affect your skin. It can affect your cravings levels. So I had to sort of learn how that worked with me. And every person is unique and individual. So they have to do that with them themselves as well. And then when you do add those things back in, you have to look, okay, what did I eat yesterday? Okay. I might not have gained any weight, but did I feel bad? Did I have a mood swing? Did I have a, okay, then maybe it was that thing that I ate. Maybe not with that. Again, I may be making things a little complicated here, but every person is unique and individual. It's gonna food is, affects people in different ways. So, no, I think that was a perfect answer because that's hence your the name of your book, Rebel Keto. Right. Kind it's, of like what you were saying at the beginning. It's it's not strictly keto. It's it's your version, your rebel, the rebel version. Right. It, yes. It, 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 it's so rebellious, but it, it but it is, it, it, there, there isn't another book out there like it. It's, 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 it's 100% my creation, but 100% works and it's user friendly in that it, it it's going to guide the woman who's reading it down the right path with at a slow pace that encourages her to continue to go that doesn't put up roadblocks and say, eh, no, you were bad. You got to turn back and, you know, do not pass go, do not collect $20. You know, this is going to, it's user friendly. It, it, it's, it's female friendly. And, um, I really, really, really hope that, um, more people read it and learn how to nourish themselves because it, this could save lives. It, it becomes more about less about losing weight and more about living life. And it's a life extender. 
It's not just about your waist size. This is about living your life and adding years to your life. And that's really what it's all about. Um, Being there and, you know, being present and being there for your family and being able to be healthy while you're doing it and not wait for a crisis to happen to get healthy. Let's go ahead and do it now. Be proactive instead of reactive. And that's really the mission. I know that you've got to put up before and after photos and I, I do not like doing that. I feel like it's a credibility thing because I do want people to know I've lost the weight, but it's not about the way I look. It's about the way I feel. And I want every woman to feel that way, you know, empowered and healthy and, and proud of herself. And that's, that's really what the mission is about. I want to ask you just a couple of questions because our time is just flying by. But what would you tell your 18-year-old self about the season of life you're in right now? Oh, wow. Well, we discussed this earlier. Um, uh, My 18-year-old self would not have believed that I would be 46 and um, about soon to be a single mom of three kids, I would probably tell her, you know what? You're on the right path. Keep going. Mm. (laughs) Nice. Good job, Heather. That's what I would say. I would say, you know what? Hold your head up and you keep going. And that's what I would say to um, my present self too. And that's what I would say to your listeners too. You know what? You're on the right path. Keep going. No matter what life's handing you, keep going. Uh, That's fantastic. How can our listeners find you, work with you, your social media, all the details? Well, I am um, right now, wordtoyourmotherblog.com. That's www.wordtoyourmotherblog, spelled out, W-O-R-D-T-O-Y-O-U-R. Mother, M-O-T-H-E-R, blog, B-L-O-G dot com, uh, rebelketo dot com, R-E-B-E-L-K-E-T-O dot com, uh, Heather Burnett on Facebook, Rebel Keto Heather Burnett on Instagram, and um, that's where they can find me. <laughs> and Pinterest, word to your mother blog on Pinterest as well. Um, but I, I, I love talking to people. I love helping people. And uh, I hope this does impact a ton of people and a ton of women. And um, I encourage people to reach out to me on my, on, on my website and on social media. I'm trying not to live my life by social media, but it's a, it's a way of connecting people. So uh, I, I, I encourage questions. Um, I encourage people to reach out to me. I would love to hear from people. Thank you so much. And do you have any parting words? I mean, I think you've already given some great parting words, but anything that you would like to say to another woman that is trying to lose weight, but they are also trying to get healthy body, mind, and soul? Uh, There are so many things I would say. I would say ditch the shame game. Don't feel guilty about past mistakes and move forward. And keep a positive mental attitude and keep your head up and keep going. Thank you so much for being a guest. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It was my pleasure. I've really enjoyed 
enjoyed this experience and enjoyed answering these questions and talking with you. I really, really appreciate it. I'm very thankful and grateful for this experience. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.